Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. This is episode 32. <laughs> oh, right Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. You get deep in your Thank you for joining us today. To the Push Performance Podcast. My neighbor told Stanford told me I needed a better intro. This is my better intro. <laughs> do people pay people to do intros? Well, we have we actually have an intro. Like, do I have to intro you and Brandon? No. You just said he was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My name is DJ Edwards. Thank you for joining the Push Performance Podcast. No, they, episode no. thirty-two. As long as you have a main thing, you're good. Yeah, maybe these people should leave us a review and write something about that. Yeah. What do you think, B? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I usually just fast forward. Usually yeah, exactly. Videos. My point. Until you get to the good. I'm on a podcast. I just fast forward until I get to like the, the good stuff. Potatoes. Yeah. That's why. Our, yeah. What, that's what why our podcast is like the push performance podcast. Boom, we're right well, into it. Usually, like the first like two minutes or whatever, it's all fluff and sponsors and ads. And we're not oh, cool yeah. enough for sponsors. And then usually, people are plugging themselves with IG finds and stuff like that. So it's like I just want to listen to the content. So how do you get sponsors? You have to have a lot of listeners. You have, to have viewers and listeners, and then you can pay people to sponsor you too. In a sense, you pay somebody to sponsor you. Like, like initially, like to like, like shout out your podcast. Yeah, like you um, can have like you can like have other people shout you out, and then once you grow, then obviously people will then start paying you or sponsoring the. This is just podcast. you know organic growth right now is what we're doing. We're just if you if yeah. you want to sponsor us, reach out. If you don't, we'll just be in the same spot <laughs> we're in. <laughs> we're doing so when yeah. we got a good amount of listeners and followers. We're, yeah, it's only going up. We're creeping, cool. creeping up there. So it's cool. I mean, Brandon and I got to jump on a phone call with Clemson University strength staff the other yeah. day yeah, from our podcast. From the was that yeah. the podcast? No, he was. He found they found out from. Oh, from they found podcast. Oh, yeah, they listened. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. So how that combo go? It was great. We talked mm-hmm. about just the uh, respiratory patterns and different body body types and gait in mm-hmm. the weight room and what else did we talk about. Um, how you can like just modify metal stuff or um, modify foot positions by putting a wedge board like on the outside of the foot or on the inside of the foot to generate supination or pronation um, for guys that struggle with that kind of stuff. And then we talked about just you know elevating the toes or heels during RDL squats, what you can bias ERIR that way. Yeah, just a few different things there. It was good, yeah. good one. So, so yeah, today I thought we'd just talk about kind of just some programming stuff. Um, big thing I want to talk about is just like philosophies of program, right? It's just like, period. If you stick to something, it's gonna work, period, right? It's like not a lot of fluff. It's not a lot of, you know, you see guys like bounce from gym to gym because they want to try different programs and try different shit, right? But when it comes down to it, it's like if you stick to one thing and you know, first and foremost, you're happy and seeing results. It's, the program's going to work for you, you know? And, um, you know, there's so many different ways you can program, but the number one thing we the program needs is buy-in from the athlete, right? So if, if a high school kid comes in here and says, hey, like, I want to get huge, I want to get this, I want to do that, I want to do hand cleans, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, A, we don't do hand cleans. Maybe this isn't for you. But same time there's other there's other ways we can achieve power or you know we're going to lift weights we're going to get after it in the weight room but we're also going to give you the kind of what we talked about with your boy today 
how he hates breathing, right? Oh, he yeah. hates positional stuff. He hates his A block, right? Yep. But he knows he needs to do it. You know, yes. so like in that instance, we need to minimize the amount of breathing and the amount of A block yes. and get to the meat and potatoes. Just like you want to get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast, yeah. you want to get to the meat and potatoes of the actual program, right? You like that? Great time. Yeah, I appreciate that. Full circle. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, I think, like, we get different guys that come in. Like, we have guys that cut, like, the, like a lot of the old guys, they come in. Guys that have been in the big leagues, they, they've been in pro ball forever. They don't want to spend time trying to lift as much as they possibly can. Where those guys might be, you might be able to spend a lot more time on like, the positional stuff, on some of the breathing stuff, the movement patterns. Then you have, like, I would say a lot of a lot of times the younger guys that come in like oh I'm right, I want I don't want to do any of the movement stuff where it's like ninety nine percent of high schoolers ninety nine percent of high schoolers and then a lot of the early draftees early draftees as well um, and some a lot of times those are the guys that need it like a lot of like those older guys are I mean they have dad strength they're already really really strong it's like they don't need as much priority on that stuff maybe some of the speed stuff once you get close to season but a lot of times spending a lot of time on the positional stuff but. When, when you're talking about a lot of guys like bouncing from program to program to program, it's like they're always looking for something new. But at the end of the day, once you get to a certain point, point like your training age, you're still, well, yeah, you're, st- but like at the end of the day, like no matter what gym you go to, you're probably going to do a landmine press. You're going to do some version of a split squat. It's like where the differentiation comes in or the differential comes in from like gym to gym and like coach to coach is like where the program comes into play and like how your program helps that athlete or what. Um, what things you might add in or the the small little details in a certain exercise for this athlete versus this athlete. Like you could have two guys do a front belly split squat, but one guy maybe moving more up and down, one guy maybe moving more anterior posterior. So it just depends on like the programming itself and how the programs kind of build off of each other and the time frame of everything. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like this guy maybe have been doing a landmine press for 12 years in pro ball. It's like he's probably still going to keep doing landmine. Like, it's it's a variation it's an exercise that's a staple and like same thing with split squats rdls everything everything, yeah you know like if you choose to go to another facility to because you want to do you know the olympic lift patterns that place is for you Mm -hmm. right truly like Mm -hmm. and you know we'll 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 live by what our philosophy is like our philosophy is going to do what's worse for the athlete in the sport of baseball right and or whatever sport they play, we don't train just yeah, exactly, right, exactly, exactly. But you know, we had soccer, some soccer girls in here over the summer, like they're able to Olympic mm-hmm. because they worked on it, they're proficient at it. Like they're we didn't have to spend time, a bunch of time teaching it, they already knew how to do it. We just prescribed it. We're not going to waste, you know, granted, at the same time, we could play the argument too, is where we have five years with a lot of these high school kids starting eighth, seventh, eighth grade, graduate, and during that five-year span, we could have spent time and we could have drained the Olympic lift patterns, the hang cleans, uh, you know, whatever you wanted to do. But, you know, there's a reason why we don't do it, and that's just the risk-reward for one, right? The elbows yeah, and, and, their, elbows yeah, and their seasons are all – they have the weirdest baseball seasons. Yeah. Especially, especially here in Arizona, they just – they don't stop playing. Then Yeah. So it's like, well, if you're going to be playing fall ball, winter ball, spring ball, summer ball, we don't really have time to – add a whole new sport of Olympic lifting into your sport of baseball already. Like, you know, so you never have a true off season with the high school kids. No, 
Like, even though, like, their offseason is like, oh, I'm only going to play on the weekends instead of playing on weeknights, too. You, it's, it's well, weird. it's weird coming from Colorado, right? It's like, mm-hmm. Colorado, we had the offseason. You have actually a good look. Yeah, you have to be like, chat, And that was because Chasta made the rule, like Colorado High School Activities Association, made the rule where they can't participate outside of their seasons with their high school. Mm-hmm. Here, there's no rules. So it's dangerous. How do we program for that, right? How do we have a philosophy, quote unquote, of what we want to do with the athlete? We got to fit in where where we can, you know, get in where we can, you know. And a lot of the times it's like piece by piece. And, you know, if you can hit a landmine press and you can hit a row and then you can hit a split squat and leave, that's you did more than a lot of the kids are doing right now. Yeah. You know? Especially since all of them are, a lot of them are coming, they're coming straight from practice or they come right after a game. So it's like those kids make comments like, all right, I'm kind of tired. It's like, all right, these four exercises, three sets, go. Sometimes two sets. Sometimes two sets. Call it good. Hit your A block one time through. Three or four exercises. Don't make the A block too long. And, you know, some arm care shit throughout the, sprinkle throughout the fillers and you're good. Yeah. You don't even make it like a huge broadcast and show of your program, how in-depth it goes in-season for these kids. Like, we just need them to do something. You know, and coming from us, where we lived and made our money through customization for each athlete that's ever walked through our door, you know? That says a lot. Like, hey, just, you got to get it. Like, let's get it, you know? And like you said, it split squat is a split squat, and... You know, a, a landmine press is a landmine press. Well, I mean, yeah, your, your basics are your basics or your, you know, your fundamentals are your fundamentals because they, they work. Yep. And it's, you know, you can't, like, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. Like, you can alter, you know, change it, but you're never going to, like, just completely reinvent it. So, yeah, like you said, you know, you can go to one gym and a bilateral squat's a bilateral squat. You know, like, we don't do that here, but, like, for the most part, I mean, we have, like, some kind of yeah. like, squat pattern, but we don't really ever, like, just load a guy up under a barbell and just have him, like, Heavy Unless their org is has a call or pro guys. Their so. org or like a lot of times, especially with all the college guys getting back to come back from winter, it's like if these guys are front squatting, if they look good, they move well, they feel good. These guys spent all fall front squatting in like the early part of winter break. We don't want to send them back spring worse. Yeah, we don't want to not squat them just because because even then they're gonna go back to school and they're gonna squat it more. So might as well just keep them on that same progression that they're at, see where they're at. Like I'm a, a remote assessment with. Um, Carson Herman later. I'm gonna figure out what all he sent me. All the pictures of what he's doing. Four p.m. today. It's my four p.m. Oh, today. Nice. Sending me pictures of the lifting that they've been doing their past month, and then just kind of try to give him what he needs, put in, see what movement deficiencies he may have, clean it up a little bit, and then but just like from a lifting standpoint, just try to progress and keep going. So then I send him back. Like he never lost anything. He's better than he was. Hundred percent. I mean, that's our goal is to keep these guys in the field, man. Like. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to do anything special here. And the one thing I learned is, like, I didn't care who you were when you walked in the door. Like, we're going to get after it, right? And now it's like, hey, like, we got, like, 11, 12 year big leaguers in here. You know, like, let's not get after it. Let's, like, make sure you can walk when you're 50, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, even though today Doolittle did pull, like, 350 or 345 for five on – Trap bar. I was like, "That's pretty good for an old guy." That's a, that's a, that's the old man's strength. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't. I mean, he built rebuilt some strength up. He's always been a strong dude. You yeah, know? and you know, like three forty five is good weight. But like high school kids are trying to get that five hundred, like for what? Yeah, 
you know, what's the, what are the, what are our goals? Like, why are we trying to get to 500? What's the, what, at what point does it deteriorate your returns of, of productivity? And, you know, like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the same thing as like guys are trying to chase 500 pounds on a Friday and when they're playing all weekend and they come Monday, like, Oh, my back hurts. I'm like, well, you gotta be still gotta be smart. It's like, if we get to this point of lifting, it's like, then we can start to start do other things that are going to one, take stress, take like actual load stress off of your body. So then when you are playing, you're going to feel a lot better. But then it's like, then again, like when guys are playing like in season, we don't chase maximal loaded exercise. Do you chase maximal loaded exercises anyways? No, generally not. <laughs> generally not. De- uh, it depends on like the age. Generally, Brand just laughing. A little, little, little six week testing here. You know? One one RM's coming up in six weeks in the high school group. Um, but yeah, you got to know where, like where they're at in season. Like some guys need like a lot of the pro guys that come back, they need to rebuild their foundational strength back up. Because a lot of times, like well, I was talking to one of the pro guys today, and he was like, "Yeah, I didn't really like. I just lifted. Like this is my day that I started." Then I did lower body the day after, and then I just kind of quit doing upper body stuff because I was having a little bit of shoulder pain. So I just quit doing upper body stuff and it helped. So a lot of those guys, like his lower body is really, really strong, but his upper body is a little bit behind. So trying to just rebuild up that strength. So then when he does start throwing it in, and then also figuring out why he was having shoulder pain in the first place. So then he's not scared to lift in season, which it could have, I don't know, could be an issue of when he was lifting and stuff like that. But trying to figure out why he had the shoulder pain. So then when he gets it back in season, he can keep his upper body strong and doesn't have that issue with the shoulder pain going forward. Well, the problem with that, too, is you also see the mental aspect of him worrying that when he starts implementing the, the upper body exercise, he's going to baby it, right? He's going to get hurt again or whatever it may be. Your brain is the smart, smart, strongest muscle in your whole body, right? So it's going to trip your body and say, oh, shit, like, I'm hurt. You know, I'm, I'm lifting upper body again. I'm throwing again. Like, when am I, when's my arm going to start hurting? Kind of thing. You know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of guys that, uh, that come in like, Hey, I want to get after it. And so a lot of guys that say, I just need to chill, mm-hmm. you know, and there's ways to program for both, you know, and going back to the high school stuff is like, what's our ultimate goal with them is to build a foundation. Right. For me. Yeah. Right. When, when I had a, when I was programming for all the high school kids, my biggest thing was build a foundation for years down the road. That's sustainable. Right. And that foundational pattern is going to play in the long run. It's not going to be, it's not a short term thing. It's not chasing a one rep max under the bar or how much weight can you do a clean like you do at your high school, you know, but it's more so just quality movement patterns. And if you don't like what we're doing on the movement patterns, it's not for you. You know, and we're in a good enough spot to say that, thank God. But like, we we believe what we believe in. You know, right? What do you, what do you got? Yeah, no, I I I like what you said there. Was just basically setting up setting up for future success later down the road, just by being better movers, and then you know educating them along the way. Yep. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing with the youngest athletes, or the young athletes, and then even with your, you know, your early pro guys, guys that just got drafted, or guys that are kind of like you know, maybe been a year or two in and, you know, like I was having that conversation with one of my, one of my pro guys today. He was like, yeah, you know, like I like some of the stuff that my work has me doing, but then there's also a lot of stuff that I don't like for my org because he goes, I can just see from a, you know, an outside standpoint, he goes, I kind of just group it as like, all right, you guys are outfielders. You guys live together. You guys are pitchers. You guys live together. And that's kind of like 
customized to them. And he goes, well, I can clearly look over and see that that outfielder is different than me. And he goes, so why, again, would I be doing exactly kind of the same stuff as them? So it's like, you know, these guys are, you know, smart themselves and can think for themselves. And it's like, you know, if you're going to take shortcuts or, you know, not like educate these guys and either they're either going to figure it out themselves and go somewhere else or, you know, they're, you're not going to get that buy-in that you were talking about. Or it's like, or they buy in, you teach them, and then now they have, you know, a roadmap to success later on the road. Whether, you know, if you're not necessarily training them anymore and they're somewhere else with their org, you know, they might have a little bit more of say with their, their strength coaches. That's what he says, you know, he goes sometimes with them. He goes, I understand, like, you know, some of these strength coaches in the orgs, they have people above them that are telling them, like, hey, this guy needs to these guys. And he goes, and if it's a brand new strength coach, he goes, that guy is not going to really have any backbone to kind of stand on and, you know, push back. So he's just got to be a yes man. And he goes, and I completely see that. Um, whereas you get to a certain level and there's a strength coach that's been there for a few years and has a little bit more say, that guy might be able to have a little bit more leeway and, you know, give you some more customized stuff. He goes, but for the most part, it's all, you know, pretty cookie cutter. And he goes, I can, you know, I can tell that there's a lot more other stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, as, doing. as an athlete, you got to be stubborn, stubborn on your goals, right? But you got to be flexible in your methods of how to get there, mm -hmm. right? That's huge. A lot of people don't realize that. It's like an athlete, like, I got to be stubborn with what I want to do. I want to play every single game. I'll play 162, right? But my methods need to be flexible. If it's my org, is it, is it my private sector, is it whatever? You know, there's different ways to be, to balance that. And I think we do a good job, like, of coaching, coaching the athletes into a good, good mold of what they need what they want you know what i mean that makes sense yeah like it's it's, it's hard because like we got to give them what they need but don't say it. What? <laughs> <laughs> go back to episode one yeah <laughs> no. but yeah i mean there's, there's just so many ways you can program for so many different things like there's well, just basic stuff now like frc there's uh pri there's Conjugate yeah, methods, yeah. there's conjugate, yeah. there's you know, linear, there's periodization. periodization, there's all these different things, but like, how much do we really use that shit? <laughs> yeah, somebody, one of the, I forget who asked me, I think one of the athletes asked me, what method do you follow? You know, uh, Push's method, <laughs> the one that DJ taught me when I entered. Um, just because it's, it's like a mixture of all of the methods. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I feel like like up up and coming strength coaches, like that's what like you learn or like that's what that's like what you like a lot of people read because like it's hard to you can't like the stuff that we do, you can't read in textbooks. No. The stuff they teach in school and like the textbook stuff is all the periodization, the linear progressions, all that kind of stuff. So like generally that's the way people learn. Generally you only get to a certain point of like how we program just through experience and, and being around baseball players and figuring out what works for them and stuff like that, or just being in our gym in general. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, I feel like it opened like a lot of guys that don't do something like this in the off season, they come here for the first time. I feel like it's a real like eye opener. It's like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing the same exercise as him, but I'm doing mine like way different than he is kind of thing. So it's like, it's very like eye opening for guys to be like, okay, a landmine press doesn't always just have to be a landmine press. A split squat doesn't always have, to, always have to be just a split squat kind of thing. Um, I think that's like what I, I love about when guys come in for the first time that have never done anything like this is that it's a, it's, it's a real eye opener for them um, in the way that we do things. Do which, you think, yeah, I, do you think people 
take what they what they have for granted though at the same time where it's like hey we, i can do this anywhere yeah yeah well, yeah that's the other thing is that a lot of guys will they'll train somewhere for a year two years something like that they'll leave like okay well i can just do this on my own but it's or how are you going to progress this exercise from here or how are you going to get from your first program of the off season to the, your last program of the off season because a lot of guys like i remember like talking about talking last year to a bunch of guys um and or for some of the guys that I get to work with and talking to them, be like, dude, remember where we were at when we started the offseason? Like, dude, I felt like that was so long ago. Like, you have a huge gap from where you start to where you have to be by the time you get to spring training, making sure that everything is this program builds off of this program, making sure you start here, you end here, so you're able to get off the mount 100% at however many pitches you need to be at by spring training, ready for camp by that time. And a lot of guys, it's like guys can't figure out or they can't draw a roadmap of how they're supposed to get there. They just in like, in like what they're doing, like they can write up a program themselves for that day, which is great. A lot of people, a lot of pro guys. Anybody can make anybody tired though. Oh yeah. 100% training program, right? Which is a lot of like, here's I saw a post or something, but somebody posted about like people following sensations. Generally like you won't follow sensations. Like you won't be like, okay, I'll walk out of the gym. I I do not want to be able to feel my legs kind of, which is where a lot of guys chase. But at the same time, it's like we understand as coaches and we are able to relay it to our athletes. Like, even though you're not walking out of the gym with your legs gassed, um, gassed or like crumbling beneath you, like, you know exactly what we just did to help you get better, kind of thing. You don't always have to chase that sensation every time you do it. Like, you don't do eight sets of split squats just so your legs get tired. Well, oh, you know, eight, no eight by tens. <laughs> no way by 10. When going, no 10 by 10 either. When going off of that, though, is the performance on the field or on the mound going to be enough? What they're doing in the weight room to prove what they're doing is working. Right? I think that's just, yeah, I think that's when um, guys will usually, you know, hopefully from program to program or even, you know, week after week, their, their weights on their lifts are going up, even though they're not leaving every single workout, like Taylor was saying, like not being able to fill the legs, not being able to walk out of the gym. And, you know, they hop on the mound for the, the first time after, you know, doing their ramp up. And it's, you know, they're 1387, you know, they're, they're sitting where they finished last year. You know, they're feeling better, you know, leaps and bounds than where they've ever been. And it's like, well, you know, we didn't have you crawling out of the gym. So, like, we yeah, get you better, right? Some guys but, still don't buy in after that, right? I know. They and then, feel like they're not working hard enough. So then those are the guys that's just like, you know, that's those are the tough ones. Yeah. Um, I'm asking because I don't know. So. Yeah, I had the well, I, mean, I had that. <laughs> asking for a friend. I had the pro guy, pro guy last year. That doesn't happen. Um, that like you know he he texts me one morning. And he goes, hey, like if I literally can't crawl out of the gym when I'm done, then like I'm gonna fire you. And he you know he was doing it jokingly, but you know it was like one of those conversations where we had him like, hey, you know I can give you that you know every once in a while if that's what you you know you need to feed your you know your athletic drive. But like notice like everything has been getting better and better with what we've been doing. But, you know, like I gave him that one workout to, you know, kind of kick his ass. And he goes, okay, I don't like that no more. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes if you do give them what they want, you maybe kind of go a little overboard and, um, but still keep it smart, you know, and you can gas them. And it's like, do you want to feel like this every single day? And they're like, well, no. And it's like, okay, then, well, you know, maybe what we've been doing is actually been working because now you can actually get on the mound the next day and, and throw like you're supposed to versus come in the next day and you just feel like if that was crap. the case you just go to up the street and go to orange theory fitness or yeah a crossfit gym or i don't know, I don't know 
but I don't know any other places to go. You but, go leg press to the, to the cows come Yeah, home. you can go do all that <laughs> stuff. And, like, cool, man. Like, I feel like crap now. Yeah, you know? and exactly. Then, yeah, our movement quality goes way down, yeah. and you're stiff as a board. And, like, yeah, you're moving a lot of weight, and you're leaving gas. So, yeah, you're getting a great workout. You got better. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the definition of a good workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Everybody <laughs> yeah, I mean, truly is, though. Yeah. Right? Just some people have very opposite ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Like, to <laughs> like today, I was talking to Ryan Burr. He got back from his honeymoon, and I haven't seen him in two weeks. Right? So I was like, hey, we'll, we're going to get right back into it. This is what we're going to do. Gave him a rundown. He got the end of the workout. He's like, dude, like I feel my ass and my hamstrings just blowing up, but I feel absolutely so good right now. Again, just felt great. But he felt it in the spots that he needed to. Right? So he's like, I, they go, are you going to be able to lift tomorrow? we got to lift two days in a row. He's like, yeah, no problem. I can easily do that. I feel great. So like he understands. I mean, Burr's been with us for a long period yeah. of time. He gets mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, it's just the fact that, like, hey, I, I felt what I needed to feel today. Like, my goal with you today was getting your adductors, your glutes, and your hamstrings to go. we got to reset the pelvis. All right, this is what we're doing. And we gave him some, like, front foot elevated split squat with a pelvic shift or hip shift and then some, like, adductor quality stuff and he just you know i feel so good he goes i feel great but through it through today felt great throwing and he's like i want i'm ready to get after tomorrow we'll see how he feels tomorrow waking up <laughs> yeah. but you know um tell me he didn't work out on his honeymoon no <laughs> no unreal I, I don't think they did anything but you know good i mean good on them like it's yeah i would not have done anything on my honeymoon. <laughs> no working out. No. No. To, you know, he played golf, which is cool. But, um, you know, but, like, just having that, like, you said that sensation, I like that, like, that sensational feedback of how your body feels is, is key. Then we can dive into the programming of sleep and the programming of nutrition. Recovery. Recovery is recovery. Like, how many guys, I would say this year, we have a lot of Tuesday, Thursday guys come in we've actually been pretty good with our tuesday thursdays so most guys we've had doing yoga either like by like triple 30 guys or something like that the other day yeah you know like that's huge and our yoga sessions aren't a typical yoga session it's you get your ass kicked around that built around controlling the pelvis and working the t-spine and you know doing all those baseball quote-unquote specific yoga you know yeah ashton does a good job with that but um yeah, the Tuesday Thursday groups have been huge this year. And what do you think that? What do you think that's for? I think, that's just, just the, I think that's just kind of the advancement in the, the industry and the sport now itself. Like guys are realizing, like, hey, you know, my my Monday, Wednesday, Friday lifts aren't going to absolutely just tax me and crush me. I have more in the tank to go do some actual decent active recovery yeah. on the, the Tuesday Thursdays. And I also just think guys are just starting to see the, the benefit of actually being here for recoveries versus just kind of either doing their own thing or not doing anything at all. Um, so I think just over the last like couple off seasons, we've you know we've been hounding guys about it, and now guys are starting to actually see the see the benefit of it. And I think we also have a newer a lot of new faces this year, and we kind of got on about that right off the bat too, right? Mm-hmm. Where and those guys want to learn. Like we have some dudes in here. You know, and you know, I'm not saying we had bad apples in the past about it, but it's just like guys just going back to what we said, just want to get after in the weight room, then that's good enough for them. Mm-hmm. Then they get hurt, then they, you know, might, they might blame us or they might blame somebody else or they might do something else, mm-hmm. but they didn't maximize what they were doing. 
at all. They weren't here Tuesday, Thursdays doing their extra throwing, their extra arm care, their extra movement, their extra mobility that all these guys are doing that had all their success. Like I wouldn't even call it extra. I would just call it needed. Like, you know, if your if your job you. is yeah. to, if your job is to play so, baseball, you know, and a work week is Monday through Friday, why would you not work Monday through Friday for the most like, you know, Literally, I mean, you're right. If it's, if it's your job, like, why would you not? Especially you guys doing five days for, a week for two hours a day. You yeah. know, like, that's all you have to do. So, you know, I think it's just that, like, that simple. Like, you know, like, I mean, it's not extra. It's just literally you should be, you should be wanting to do it. Honestly, like, like, it's what you do for a living is play baseball. Like, why would you not want to go to the gym and do baseball things? Like, well, I've seen in the past. It's like they come in the gym on Mondays and go out Monday night. They miss Tuesday. Right? Then they have to take off Tuesday. Then they go go to the gym on Wednesday. Then they go out Wednesday night. Then they miss Thursday. Mm-hmm. They you know, so, and then they go out both nights on the weekend. You know, and it's like their body's never allowing them to be successful because of the the position they're put they're putting themselves in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we just truthfully have a we've done a good job as a staff telling the guys like this is important and like we give them mm-hmm. customized mobility days or customized running programs or their yoga stuff or whatever it may be. But at the same time, we just, I think we just have a quality group of dudes. We just got dudes that want to work. Yeah, dudes that want to work and want to ask questions. Yeah, they like being around each other. And they look yeah, forward they, to coming in. Yes. A lot of relationships. There's a cool thing is like seeing guys like, oh, dude, we're in the same ward. Yeah. Like we're two levels apart, but I didn't know we were in the same ward. Yeah. And then guys become friends and then they start become phone partners and whatnot. Every single time, like everybody, like, Everybody's friends with each other. Everybody knows each other. So it's like fun for guys to come in. Yeah, I really noticed that this year there's a lot of guys that have either played with each other in high school and they had to see each other for a couple of years. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, you trained here? And I like, had no idea. And then you got guys, like you said, that are within the same horde, but, you know, a couple levels apart. So obviously the younger, the lower level guys are picking the brains with the upper level guys. Like, hey, like, you know, like, how's it been? You know, just getting all the ins and outs and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think the, the camaraderie of the – the pro guys this year is, is really good. I mean, it's not like it has been bad in the past, but I think this year it's been really great. Well, it so says hard. a lot. It says a lot when you have, you know, a, a big leaguer on the mound, three big leaguers watching him throw the couch behind the mound, then a couple of guys that were just newly drafted, and then those pitchers on the couch talking to the guy that's newly drafted about the big leaguer on the mound and what he's trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know? That's cool. Like a lot of knowledge bonds being dropped on the floor, and not just from the coaching staff, but from, from the athletes, which is which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, that's you got the best of the best teaching the best. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Selvage today is like watching Logan Webb throw his bios like this. Like you literally, I know you can't see my camera on the on the mic. But he's like, I like mouth drop down like, like that's how you throw bios. You know, like friends. Brock lefty and Logan's a lower slot right handed thrower, but it's like the way Logan just that's the thing I noticed the most from what kind of really separates your your higher level pro guys from kind of your lower level pro guys, and then like what really separates just your your pros from the college. Like you're really like you can be your most elite college guy, but so that next like everybody's like what separates, you know, like the pros from the next level is just the literally the attention to detail, like these guys will literally do something, and before you could even like tell them what you saw, they already probably they they felt it themselves. Like 
I don't know how many times like they'll just do something like, no, that was that wasn't it. And then you know Simon's sitting there looking at the, the iPad waiting for the the TrackMan report, and the guy will say something, and Simon's like, yeah, you're right, like, that wasn't it. And it's just like these guys are so in tune with what they do because they're just so focused and ingrained, and they do it on a daily basis that like they know when something is literally an inch off. Hard like when it, and it's oh, just, yeah. and that's like and that's when like kids are like, well, like what makes them different? I'm like. They know their body literally better than they are. They're obsessed. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. They're obsessed with perfection almost to the fact where it's like there's no like. That's what I like kind of working about with the pro guys versus some of the younger guys. Is the younger guys are okay with bad reps, whereas like if you sometimes you kind of correct them or you coach them, they like almost get like butthurt about it. They take it the wrong way where they're like, oh, like it was fine or go to like off my back, go to and it's like no, like I have a guy over here that's four years into the, the league. And if his box drop was bad, he literally gets mad at himself and like not count it, get up on the box, do it again, make sure it's right. Like that's literally the difference between like your your lower level guys and your upper level guys is they just they hold themselves to like that standard. Yeah. You know, and like you said, they're obsessed with, you know, making sure everything well, is you just see right. the pro level too, like going back on it, like you have guys like I said, going out on a Monday night. Going to get drinks at a, a restaurant, having shitty food. Like, do you think they're going to want to show up on a Tuesday? No. Right? Really? It's the same thing on a box drop. Like, if they have bad reps there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're going to have bad reps if you're going out and getting hammered. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, say, like, they, if you're being the point of that, if you're obsessed with the process, you're not going out during the week and just getting absolutely slammed. Like, no. Or going out and just eating crappy food. Eating French fries and burgers and all that. Yeah, that's, all that's another big difference between like kind of the, the pro group and the younger group is the pro group brings home cooked meals, prep good food, and then a lot of our high schoolers show up with Popeyes, Chick Fil A, you know, maybe a half ass PB and J sandwich. Yep. You know, so it's just like again, attention to what they really want. Like pros want to be the best at whether the whole thing from training to playing and all of that. And some of the high school guys are just like, I just want to do this to be doing it because Johnny's doing it. Yeah, they're chasing their friends around the gym essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's what they're doing. They're not they're not here to work. They're not here to get better. Like you see the guys that want to get better. And those are the guys that are still playing that we've worked with in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Right. They're now in our pro group in Colorado because they wanted to work. Yeah. They wanted to get after it. We went, you know, Grant Witherspoon, for example, was a after high school baseball player, went to train, was obsessed with the process and then was a third third round pick, like, mm-hmm. and he's a good, had a really good year this year, you know. And then you have other guys that just have dropped off the table, guys with all the talent in the world just dropped off the table, mm-hmm. you know. And that goes into program design too. Because going off all that, like that's mm-hmm. the way they treat their bodies goes into program design. It's like if you write all the stuff you want on a piece of paper or the team builder app, they go do all the stuff. They can't. They skip their throwing days or they skip this. They skip that. Like you can't keep on adding stuff to their program. Yeah, that's that's always a funny one too, is when you get the the kid that hasn't been here in, you know, two weeks or, you know, he's been here maybe one day. Like new programs. And then yeah, their their first question is like, well, I've been doing the same stuff for a while now. And it's like, well you still haven't finished it. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna write you another four week program seeing that you haven't even finished week one. Like hey I gotta I got I'm a little late, I gotta go. Can I just get my e block? No, like that's important. Like that's part of your workout. Like, that's, or can I add it to my next one? Like, that's not quite how this works. Can I do either. two like, workouts at one time, one day? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll just do this one at home. 
I'll just do it right now. Yeah. I'll just do it here. So yeah, those are always the fun ones too, where it's like, yeah, this is where where's your priority at? I mean, I get it sometimes like things come up, but like sometimes like the high school kid, it's like his dad is getting called into a meeting and he's literally kind of like pulling yeah. the kid off yeah. the floor. So it's like all right. It's not yeah. all the time though. But no, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But then you do have the guys that are like, Oh, like, gotta get out of here and it's like I literally haven't seen you do anything past your your D block. Like you hit your upper body and you're just cruising on out of here. And this is like kind of becoming a normal thing. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, yeah. Why are you paying us? <laughs> and, that, and that's it too. It's like you're paying for this, and if you're, you know, you're not shortcutting us by any means. Like, this is your career, and this program is for you. Like, you do it or you don't do it. Like, ultimately, you know, like, and you're just taking money out of your own pocket or your parents' pocket or agents, whoever's. You know, if you're not gonna do it because it's just like it doesn't affect us anyway. Really, like, we gave you everything you needed, and if you're gonna pick and choose, and it's just. Like you said, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It also goes with like the culture aspect of it, too. Like, the pro group culture can be so elite or so bad, depending on who you have. And then the high school culture can be so elite or so bad, depending on who's in the gym, right? And it's not the music. It's, I mean, yeah, the music plays a role in it, right? But if you have other dudes around you working their ass off, like, you're going to want to work your ass off. Mm-hmm. Right, if you have other slapdicks around you and not working their ass off, like it's gonna be pretty hard to get after it, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a pro, yeah, I'm a pro guy. Well, one of the, one of the pro guys in here last night, he had to come in later, and a couple of the high schools, like, oh my gosh, like is that guy in Provo? Like, yeah, oh, he's really strong. I'm like, oh yeah, let's lift some weight. <laughs> like, come on, like the pro guys, you have to almost pull the range back over. Like, All right, like, come on, like that was a little bit too much weight. Whereas the high school guys, it's like, come on. Let's go. What's the other spectrum? Like, I don't want to be sore tomorrow. I think like, oh, I don't care if we want to be sore tomorrow. Like, let's let's go. It's like, November. Yeah, like, you who guys. Gives a yeah. Shit. Baseball doesn't matter right now. Like, to be honest, like, you can go ahead. Like, but yeah, a lot of guys like if the high school kid. Like, even if we just had high school kids come in and just look through the window and watch these pro guys up, they guarantee you that a lot of their like certain specific guys like their mindset would switch. Like, okay, wow, like these guys are they throw hard, but like they're actually like. They're strong and they move really well. They care about everything in the way. Yeah, there's a reason why they throw hard. They don't, not everybody just rolls out of bed throwing 97. Some Mm do, a lot don't. Yeah. And a lot of the like, and you have a good mix of those guys like in Pro Bowl, like the guys who you have your guys that went straight from high school, they're really good. They climbed this and you have the guy who went to a four, went to a four year, played there all four years, was a free agent signed, or late round draft pick, worked his way up, climbed the system, ended up making the big leagues. Like it's everything is not just. Well, you, when you get to that point in pro ball, you, you have that talent. Everybody has a talent, mm-hmm. right? It's literally how you separate yourself with that talent. But you have the outliers. You have, you know, the guys like, you know, I don't know, Mike Trout, right? Where you have that, you know, where it's like he's just talented. is the way it is. You know, you have guys that are just, you know, Fernando Tatis, example. He's, he's talented as shit, right? But he also probably works his ass off, yeah. you know? But, you know, when it gets to that level, it's like everybody's good. Like, it takes luck, yeah, but it's like who's going to outwork the other person? Yeah, it, comes, it just comes down to who's dialed in on all aspects of everything, you know, like nutrition, training, performance. But then at the high school level, there's a huge gap on huge talent and hard work and guys that even work hard and aren't as talented, yeah. right? But, like... The guys that the guys in high school can get away with not working that hard because they're talented. 
Yeah, they can blow a, a shitty 91 mile hour fastball by some of these kids. You know, it's flat at you know 15 degrees in BB or yeah, straight push, just, not actually thrown. Yeah, just straight as an arrow. You know, but you know the talent, the talent level is, is there at, at all levels of aspect from I'd say low A or even high A up. Right, if you're in high A, you have a chance. Like you know, usually you get the double A that gets pretty much the next step to the big leagues. You know, and the talent level is just huge. I don't know how we got on this aspect which spoke about, about the program design, but um, yeah. You got anything else, Taylor? I'm gonna say something. I don't know. We're gonna have to cut this part out too. Why did you hear yourself sucking on a sucker? Yeah. <laughs> Are we still on program this No, we're just talking about whatever you want. I don't remember where we were at. You guys have anything? <laughs> Obviously, you weren't listening. No, I was listening. I, just, I don't want to. I mean, we could keep going on high school kids forever. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's something that we need to address, though, right? It's like. We have a good group of high school kids. Colorado, we have a phenomenal group of high school kids. Yeah. But it's just like here, like you said, Brandon, it's different here. It's, it's definitely different here just because there's there's no off season or like a typical off season, should yeah. I say. And then, like you said earlier, there's the no rules with uh, high school restrictions and their programs and coaches. Um, whereas like in Colorado, they have like a non-contact or team organized restrictions within outside of season. So that way kids can actually go play other sports or do other things with their life, actually. Um, I also think in Colorado, the kids have a chip on their shoulder. I think so, too. They just, yeah, they uh, they get overlooked there because it's a cold weather state, and they know that, you know, if they're going to compete with some of these other warm weather states, they have to get after it in the off season, And, like, you know, they can't get field work in, so they got to get some kind of work in, and I think that's where uh, the weight room or the, the training indoor performance side kind of is a little bit elevated on, like you said, the Colorado side is because, yeah, here guys, you know, they can go take ground balls, they can get fly balls, they can get mound work outside all year round, whereas in Colorado, it hits Halloween to pretty much almost all the way through March, it's a crapshoot on if you're going to be on the downside, yeah. you know, so it's just like, you got to do something on a, a regular basis if you want to keep developing as a baseball player or an athlete that's, you know, an outdoor sport. There. Well, it shows you too, like with our group today and tomorrow, we're going to have like maybe three to four guys in our pro group here tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody left town. Nobody's from here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's yeah, from guys here. actually live here. Right? So yeah, I mean, you guys actually live in there. They come here because they can get outside, right? They can do these things. But they're also in the weight room, right? Every single day. They're not outdoors, outside of the field every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, that group of guys. But, you know, you go back to Colorado right now, it's the gym is busting because everybody's coming back to Colorado to come back home, mm-hmm. right? When everybody left here, there's like nobody lives here. Everybody lives in other places, right? So mm-hmm. the fact like Colorado's pumping out all these pitchers because of that reason. They're in the weight room, they're doing this during the time of year, right? There, there's so many elite level arms in Colorado now because of that reason. Here it's like, do we have a whole lot of draft guys this year in the state of Arizona? High school? High school guys? Not compared to the last couple yeah, years. Yeah, not compared to the last couple years. I, I can't, I mean, right? So like, yeah. you gotta look at that. Like, Say, yeah, there's maybe, maybe a handful of guys. We have a couple of D1 commits that are young 
Yeah, I mean, but nobody's our, like, our Red Mountain guys. We have a ton of Red Mountain guys. Red Mountain, we got some Basha. Yeah. Um, where does uh, yeah, Red Mountain? But I mean, I'm just saying in general, like lately, I, I would put up the Colorado Arms against anybody right now because of the way they're working. Truthfully, right? Just like they're 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 work, they're they're honing in on their on their stuff at the younger levels. Yeah, it's a blessing to not have to be outside yes. 365 days a year. Yes. So many people like parents and a lot of coaches and there's a lot and like a lot of the athletes think if I just keep pitching, it's going to eventually get better. But it's like you're just putting out the same results every single year. Whereas like in Colorado and it happened a lot of times in Washington because we had to be inside for a certain amount of time of the year. I think I asked somebody. Because I'm in the winter, like, and I'm sure Colorado too. Like, you're used to practicing inside. Mm-hmm. You have really nice indoor facilities to build practice. I asked somebody, he's like, "What do you guys practice at? Like, are there indoor facilities around here?" He's like, "Indoor facilities? Like, we live in Arizona. We, everything is outside. Everything is baseball practices. Everything is games. So it's like you don't, you rarely get guys. I feel like down here that in the fall they're this player, in the spring they're a whole new player." I feel like that gap closes. They're a lot similar from fall to spring than they are the cold weather states because they don't take the time to be able to actually, okay, what do I need to focus on this? And I'm going to hone in on exactly what I need to focus on to be a better player. I put this and put this out there once like once it was spring ball and school ball comes around. 100%. Do you remember, um, remember, remember Blake Wilson in Colorado? Remember him? I just FaceTimed with him and Joe. Dude weighs like 190 now. He was skinny when I entered. That's what I'm saying. He was tiny. Tiny, right? 150, 160. Yeah. Yeah. Like, remember him? Mm-hmm. Like, dude's a stud baseball player. Now he, now he put it together, pulled down 98 the other day. Like, just mm-hmm. shuffle throw 98. Everybody's like, what the hell happened to you? Oh, he put work in. Like, shout out Blake. Good job. But Is he still in high school? No, he just graduated from Valor. Where's he at? Um, Freshman at University Saint something. Sand something. Forgot what school. Sam no, I forgot what school is. But um, that, yeah, that's sweet though. Kids, kids, a dude, man. He's a stud, you know, because he earned it. Yeah, you know. I mean, on the other flip side, like we don't have a lot of hitters out of Colorado, right? You know, can't see the live pitching. You know. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's there's a, a there's a give or take. Yes. Here, right? I mean, Cody Bellinger's from here. Um, there's a lot of the Crones are from here. Like, there's a bunch of dudes from the state of Arizona that are hitters. Yeah. Right? On the hitting side, generally the more like pitching you, you get to see yeah. eventually the better you'll be. Yeah. Somehow somehow Andy Young made it out of Fargo, North Dakota in the big <laughs> leagues. But other than that, really <laughs> good. Really good machine pitching. There. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just there's so much work into this and it's just like that's what drives me to do what I want to do with for the kids and for the athletes and help you guys as coaches and just like I love seeing success for the guys you know and mm. so many different ways about you know like if anything today was, was about learning what programs work for you staying consistent on a program getting your shit together and sticking with something this I mean period right yeah just figure out what you want to do and then be consistent to get there yeah I mean and just be patient I think oh, yeah. sometimes uh, I think sometimes the younger guys just get a little disconnected with how hard baseball and just pitching or even hitting or just life in general can be. Where like you know we had a velo board last year of guys 96 plus, and I would say eight out of the ten names were all free agents. 
but yeah, we have high school. I mean, and that's what's crazy, and it's true. Like, Scary. I mean, we had a Tyre Velo board with the slowest pitching at like 96 eight. Yeah. And 80% of those names were all free agents at the, the major league levels, where it's just like, you know, high school over here, like, I don't know why I'm not being looked at or I'm not being considered or this, that. And it's like, first of all, you're a sophomore in high school. You're throwing 84 miles an hour, dude. Like, it might be great for your age, which is still not even probably great for your age, but it's just like the disconnection of where they're at and like what they think should be kind of happening is just like, that's where the educational piece kind of comes in or just being patient. Cause it's just like, Hey dude, like, why do you think you should be drafted this year versus these eight names that are 10 miles an hour harder than you? And they're actually there already. They're they had success in pro like, ball. They're, they're, they've been in pro ball. They're just a free agent because their contract just ended or it was a COVID year or whatever it is. They've been there for a year or two. These guys are all pretty much six foot, 200 pounds, like grown men. But tell me why a pro team should take a chance on you at 130 pounds, throwing 86 with a lot of projection. Like why, why, do you, why do you think you should get that consideration over all of these guys just, just in our house, like just, just at push performance, yet alone all of the other major baseball facilities as well? Like, or the kids that don't even go to baseball facilities. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, yeah. yeah. The high school kids get way too wrapped up in like comparing themselves. Like the amount of kids, like, well, I just want to be like Brock Selvage. I'm like, listen, I'll be honest with you, you don't have the same genes as Brock Selvage. Yeah. Or the work ethic. Or the work ethic as Brock Selvage. It's like there is a huge gap between not just genes, but like for what from what from Brock does on a daily basis, weekly basis, yearly basis, to what you're doing. Like there is a huge gap. Like figure out what separates you and just work your ass off or do whatever you can to close that gap. But guys are like like kids that are almost fully grown as a sophomore junior in high school and you have the kids that are behind that have the tools and everything to throw hard just a little light or they're just a little bit short like they still have room to grow that's like that's where the patience comes in because everybody's like i'm a sophomore in high school well everyone's telling me i move really good i look good i just don't go hard it's like well you you have room be patient, to grow. You're gonna be, a, be patient yeah you're gonna be a late bloomer versus like i'd rather be a late bloomer than the guy that peaked too early yeah. I, would, I would much rather get good by my senior high school and, you know, have the rest of my career to keep moving forward versus being the best freshman in my high school. And then by senior year, I suck. You're still throwing the same. You know, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Or you're just, you're the exact same player you were four years later just because, you know, you just, you were really good as a freshman and you just didn't get any better because you didn't work or, you know, it's just, you were just a really good mover early, but you just, that was it. It's like going off the old, the old school thing of saying 1% better every day. Like that's patience, right? Mm -hmm. 1% better is like what you practice something for 1% of the day is 15 minutes. Yeah. You're not, you're not always going to be able to see the result of being 1% better. You're not always going to see, I did a post on it just two days ago. You're not, you're not always going to see the results. Quick plug. Quick plug. (laughs) I don't even remember. IG. Yeah, T. Davis, I don't know the rest of it. But, like, you're not always going to see the results from day to day. But, if, like, as those days stack up in a month, two months, three months, like, you're going to start to – you're going to be able to look back and like, wow, I was I was here. I was, I was doing this hard, and now I'm throwing this hard. And, yes, I've gotten strong, but, like, a couple of mechanical adjustments, working day in, day out. And then going back to the pro guys, like, every time you talk to those guys, like, they're working on something when they're throwing plyo balls. Like, you could you – could, high school kids, I guarantee you could be like, I'm going to go out there after this. And I'm going to ask them in high school, what are you working on? They're like, uh, well, I'm just throwing my my two red balls, my two yellow balls, and my my gray balls. And, but, like, you ask the pro guys, and it's like, yeah, I'm working on this. 
and this today. Like these are my two things that I'm gonna keep in track. We're gonna hold the backside ER. Yeah. So fill in my hip rotate, yeah. fill in the yeah. arm in this slot, or, or finger pressure. Going or off that, stuff. how many times do you walk out there and you see a small group of pro guys talking about how to get better versus a small group? And then how many times do you walk out there in the high school group talking about how to get better? What's a lot more the pro group talking about how to get better? How many times have you seen a high school kid talk about baseball in there? Minus, we do have like the the elite, like the the guys that are a little more serious about their training. Those guys will be will be talking yeah, about baseball. But I'm then, talking like, in general, though. But yeah. then, yeah, then the, your your average high school player is more talking about the video games they're going to be playing over the weekend or later that night or um, what happened know, at school. Yeah, what party they're 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 doing or you know all that weird stuff. But it's just like the the conversations between exactly. the groups are definitely different, and that's another call out of like what separates those guys too is because it's like these guys are professionals they're the best at what they do and they're still continuing to talk about and figure out how to stay the best or get better and then you have the high school guys that they want to be the best but they're not really having the conversations or doing the things they need to be doing to be the best yep. they're just kind of there going through the motions and expecting it to happen and it's just like that's not how this works you know there's a plan there's a process there's steps that need to be checked off or boxes that need to be checked that are going to get you to that level yeah. and are you doing them well, we're not knocking our high school groups well no, not either. Means, no. it's just the fact that they're in a place where they have a wealth of knowledge everywhere right everybody in this room played high level baseball or simon is a genius when it comes to throwing andrew's a genius when it comes to movement patterns like there's all ask questions that's all we're saying like you're here utilize what you're paying for right and i mean don't I, I want it to be a, a fun place for kids to come for sure. But I also want to, if we want to be the best, push for the best, like to demand the best out of, out of the guys, right? Like it's, I mean, simple. Yeah, you're going to talk, but talk about quality shit. Yeah, and I mean, there's also always a time, like, there's always a time and place too where you can have like the friendly, oh, yeah. danger conversations, yeah. you know. The majority you know. of the time, it's those school conversations are the reason why that e block can't get finished. Oh, I only had time. I only had time to go two sets of everything. Uh, yeah, so that, that's our Thanksgiving episode. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? What are you doing? Going home? Going back to Oklahoma. Nice. Yep. Brandon, no plans, huh? I'm just I'm hanging out with the dog, thinking about maybe maybe doing some fishing Thursday morning. Where at? Just by my house. Little, yeah. little spot there. You been up to the mountains yet to fish? I haven't. Take the caddy up there. Yeah, that would do real well right here. So it's yeah. not as bad, but that's why that's why I'm driving home for the Thanksgiving because I don't think my my car is gonna make it through the, the Rocky Mountain snow. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be tough. a little little risky. It'll be so, tough. Yeah, just hanging out here. Nice. What do you got going on, DJ? It's going to my brother's. Interesting, interesting time. Oh, that's gonna be fun, man. Joshy, my, my, my brother bought a house. We're gonna go Did over his house. Yeah, bought one. Yeah, nice. Mesa. So we're gonna go hang out and him and the, the girlfriend. Yep. Yep. So my mom's coming to town today. So nice. I should go get her right now. And then uh my dad's gonna come down. So we're gonna have a house full. Her parents are coming to town. And big big spread. Yeah. I know. Hopefully the food's good. Josh, you better not mess this up. Yeah, don't, don't burn Is Josh the making the food? Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Ashley's cooking some. Baked mac and cheese. My that, that may be all you guys are eating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would make a lot. <laughs> and and Ashley, like, as you guys know, Ashley's like the biggest health nut. She just said F it. And she's making the most unhealthy mac and cheese 
cheat day, baked mac and cheese. Mavericks would be so happy. It's a cheat day for it's the Edwards family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's real. No, it's we real eat real work. food. The other shit's fake, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate y'all.